Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Uh, now, you may have seen uh, the very tragic story of Joe Garcia. His partner was killed in the Texas school shooting. And two days later, Joe died of an apparent heart attack. But what's colloquially known as broken heart syndrome is a real condition. Carl Vaughan is consultant cardiologist at Mercy Hospital in Cork. Afternoon, Carl. Good afternoon. Uh, could you. you could you tell us what is the proper name for this condition? Um, it's got a couple of different names. Um, broken heart syndrome is what it's colloquially known as, but in the medical jargon, it could be called a stress-induced cardiomyopathy. Um, and it even has a Japanese name called Takosubo, which has been around now for about 20 years. And uh, this is a condition that will mimic a true heart attack in many respects. It'll present with chest pain, an abnormal ECG, done by the paramedics often in the community and then elevated cardiac markers of injury when these patients arrive in the hospital. And these the triggers for this broken heart syndrome are often emotional, uh, such as a bereavement or a very stressful event, but they can be triggers, can be physical as well. A medical illness can trigger this, uh, a surgical procedure um, or other, other stressors on, on the body can trigger this type of broken heart syndrome. And, and typically, would people who uh, have experiences, would there have been a history of heart disease of any sort? Not necessarily. Um, it's it's more common in females, uh, probably over the age of 55 or 60. Uh, there would be a preponderance of this in females. And we do see, we see many cases. Um, this has been around forever, but I think medical recognition of this syndrome is, is much greater now mm. and with more more rapid and accurate diagnostic testing being done we can identify it very quickly it does masquerade as an ordinary or common type of uh, heart attack that, that people unfortunately suffer every day in Ireland where there's a blocked artery supplying the heart muscle this this is not a disorder of the artery itself but it's a disorder where the heart goes from being sort of a rugby ball shape to a soccer ball shape at the front it loses its, its heart shape and becomes spherical and it, the heart at that stage can dysfunction to, a ver- to to varying degrees and can lead to heart failure. And in a small number of, of cases, it can lead to sudden death. My word. And now, and so physically, what's happening to cause that distortion of the shape of the heart? Well, that's a good question. And we don't, this, this condition has been described for about 22 years, but we don't fully understand the mechanisms by which it happens. There would be two prevailing theories. One theory is that stress hormones would be released, things like adrenaline uh, would be released in response to stress and that they would have a disproportionate effect on the front of the heart as opposed to the, the back the back of the heart. Other theories would be that the nerves, I mean, the brain and the heart are connected with nerves. There would be sensory inputs coming down uh, to, the, to the heart uh, to control heart rate, for example, when we're exercising the heart speed up. And maybe there's a surge of you know, nervous uh, signals sent to the heart, to, to, to the front of the heart that would cause this. But we don't fully understand it. It's been extensively investigated. But we certainly know the traditional triggers that would cause this to happen and the dreadful events that occurred uh, that you mentioned in your introduction in Uvalde in, in Texas uh, would be would not be surprising for something like this to happen. Now, we obviously don't know the, the mm-hmm. medical details of this poor man. He could have had an ordinary heart attack or could be this, but it's probably one or the other. But we certainly see it in, in, in all around Ireland in our emergency departments and in our in our cardiac units with people who have different stressors here. 
um, and the stressors can be can be very subtle sometimes, and sometimes you don't identify a particularly strong emotional trigger that you would say, yeah, that's it. You know, that that kind of that seals the deal. Yes, is there any particular reason why it would seem to affect women more than men? No, we don't fully understand that either. But they, there's a strong female preponderance of this uh, over males. Now, males are not completely immune to it, but I would say 80% or greater cases would be in females. They're very often postmenopausal and not younger, younger, younger ladies. And again, we just don't the 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 heart in the man and the woman are. are anatomically slightly different and the innervation might be slightly different the hormonal value might be slightly different but we don't fully understand that we don't uh, we don't fully understand this syndrome um, we know how to diagnose it and we know how to manage it but we haven't got precise understanding of the science of why it happens to one person and not another who might be exposed mm. to the same level of emotional or physical stress uh, Generally speaking I know this may be a how long is a piece of string question but does it leave permanent damage? No, I suppose the good news is that once once it's identified, the vast majority of patients that we see will settle down in the coronary care unit for a couple of days. We would do sequential cardiac ultrasounds to evaluate the size of the heart and how it's functioning. And the good news is that the vast majority of patients that we see, the heart will normalize its function over a variable time period from days to weeks. We'll generally put medications in to de-stress the heart, to lower the heart rate and blood pressure to give the heart a chance to recover. Uh, we do that sort of empirically in nearly most patients that we see. We sometimes add in an anti an antiplatelet drug like aspirin to stop any any clots forming and maybe address cholesterol and underlying risk factors. And then obviously delving into the emotional environment of the patient if it's an emotional trigger. And then if the trigger is a physical insult like an operation or pain or some other medical diagnostic or invasive procedure, try and, and, and de- decompress the patient from that as well. But the vast majority get better. The mortality is still quite low from this condition. Um, maybe it's under-recognized in, in, in the community. Maybe some patients get this and don't make it to hospital. But of those who get to hospital, the prognosis is usually very good. Yeah, I suppose that, I suppose part of the, da- the danger might lie in the fact that someone, uh, you know, might get a pain in their chest and think, well, I've no history of heart condition, you know, and uh, not react to that. that. That's a problem in, across the board in general with, with all forms of chest pain. People dismiss it. They take some Maalox or they take a Gaviscon or they think it's indigestion and they, they go they go on and, and, and ignore it. And that's that's dangerous. Uh, you know, uncharacteristic chest pain, if, if there isn't a good explanation for it, you know, if you were digging the lawn and you have a sore chest wall, maybe that's from digging the lawn. But unexplained chest pain sh- should always be taken seriously. And unfortunately, I think people do, do, do miss an opportunity to get earlier treatment by dismissing vague chest pain. Coronary pain from a traditional heart attack is, is, is variable between patients. It can be very subtle in some cases and uh, it should it should rarely be ignored. If someone has had it once, does that mean they may have a propensity to get it again? That's a very good question. Certainly it, it, in some subjects it's been described as a, it can be a recurrent phenomenon. Our experience has been that we generally see patients only once with it. I can't remember any patient who's come back a second time with with a recurrent stress stress induced cardiomyopathy. And we will very often stop the medication when there has been full recovery of the original insult. But we don't. I haven't. I haven't seen anyone come back with a second one. But in the medical literature, it is described as having. It can be recurrent. There's no reason why it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. 
Carl, thank you very much for speaking with us today. That was Professor Carl Vaughan there, a consultant cardiologist at the Mercy University Hospital in Cork. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk. We'll take a break after that. TV on the radio. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on Newstalk.